Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and it's sad that this week's podcast episode is as necessary as it is. But the fact is, the world as we know it has already changed when it comes to our safety out in public places that we previously thought of as safe. Now, all you have to do is watch the news to notice that the frequency of an active shooter scenario where a gunman decides to take his or her personal troubles, ideologies, or extreme beliefs out on unsuspecting innocent bystanders. You and I both know that when an attack happens, you are the only one who can truly protect you and those you love. And that's what this week's interview is about. This episode is brought to you by the Front Sight Firearms Training Institute at FrontSight.com. Front Sight is a virtual Disneyland for gun owners with over 50 world-class firearms courses for beginner, intermediate, and advanced level training. For everything from handgun, rifle, shotgun, pretty much anything that throws out a bullet, as well as hand-to-hand training, edge weapons courses, and all kinds of other tactical training. Now, I've been a card-carrying member of Front Sight for over three years, and I just upgraded to their commander-level membership. And this month, Front Sight is actually giving away, for free, four commander-level memberships to our listeners. Now, imagine free firearms training for any course, as many times as you like, for the rest of your life, and a place to stay right at their training location. Now, did I mention that as a commander member, this is all for free for the rest of your life? Now, all you have to do to sign up for this giveaway, which is worth over $25,000, is go to moderncombatandsurvival.com slash contest and enter to win. Now, let's get started with this week's training. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. You think it can't happen to you. You think it's something that happens over there, like in Europe or elsewhere. You hear stories about it, but you don't really believe that it's real because we don't really experience it in our own backyards. The threat is that of an active shooter in which a lone gunman, or if we expand the definition a bit, a man with a blade and even a group of men with knives, machetes, or whatever, take aim at civilians in order to cause as much death and carnage as possible. Small-scale terrorist shootings, knife jihad, and even lorry jihad, the practice of using trucks as weapons on crowds of innocent people, are happening with more and more frequency. Now, we've forgotten the 2016 Orlando nightclub shooting or the 2015 San Bernardino attacks in which armed Muslims shot and killed civilians for no reason other than that they were not Muslims. But it's not just Muslim extremists that are of concern. Just recently in the United States, a lone shooter, this time a radical Bernie Sanders extremist from the left, took aim at Republicans practicing for a softball game and tried to assassinate several of them. The reality is that active shooting scenarios do happen. Until now, you've probably heard plenty of advice on how to deal with an active shooting. It ranges from the laughable, find a place to hide and wait to die advice, that the mainstream authorities out there seem to disseminate whenever a shooting happens, to dodgy gung-ho strategies in which you're supposed to tackle and disarm the shooter barehanded while shouting about bald eagles in America. 
Good advice about dealing with active shooting is somewhere in between. But unfortunately, there isn't that much good information out there. And that's what we're looking to change right now. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And our guest today is an expert on this topic. He is Alan Burris, who teaches a program on surviving a shooting. Alan, welcome back to the program. Hey, Jeff, thank you for having me. It's good to be here again. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. I don't think we haven't had you on any of the podcast episodes before. We've done workshops in the past for many years, and and I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting you back out in front of our audience here. Listen, everybody, um, Alan has been a longtime friend of Modern Combat and Survival. He's been with us for God for he's one of the first people actually in our network from the very beginning back in like 2005 or 2006. So he's been around for a while, and we've done a lot of workshops with him. He's a former 82nd Airborne Infantry Paratrooper and Sniper School instructor, but it was his actual real-life experiences that provided the backbone for his realistic look at self-protection. Barroom brawls, street fights, and barracks ruckuses combined with bouncing, security, and bodyguard work taught him the realities of fighting and street violence. An author, martial arts instructor, speaker, consultant, and the creator of seven maybe even more than that, or definitely going forward, self-defense instructional DVDs. Alan's latest project has been to try to bust through the myths that people have about how to survive an active shooter or other terrorist attack and educate everyone from first responders to civilians about what really works when a no-warning ambush happens and your survivability is in your hands alone. Now, I'll tell you that Alan is going to actually be doing, um, he's going to be our featured instructor in the New World Patriot Alliance this mo- or next month for the month of July. And we're going to be doing a serious deep dive on this topic of how to survive an active shooter. But in the meantime, I've asked him to really kind of come on to our podcast show to help us bust through some of that misinformation that's out there, because I know he has a very unique view on a lot of these different topics and like me kind of shakes his head at the industry sometimes at what's being put out there that sometimes could get people killed. And so what I wanted to do was before we do that workshop in NWPA, I wanted everybody on our podcast to hear kind of what these unique maybe perspectives are or some of the things that you might take as tried and true type facts that might actually be doing more to put you you and your life in danger. So, so Alan, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I mean, with with the threat of active shooters definitely on the rise, it seems like there is no shortage of expert advice out there. But just like with any of these controversial topics when it comes to personal protection, you know, good advice is always welcome, but bad advice can get you killed. So when you look at what the public is getting these days as tactical advice when it comes to this kind of a threat, what do you see as the biggest myths that are out there that, pe- that people fall prey to? And then what do they need to, to understand instead in order to, to train to respond the right way to an active shooter or other type of terrorist attack like this? Sure, Jeff. And Jeff, before I, I hit some of those myths, can I tell people just why they should maybe listen to me? Yeah. I mean, you, you did a great introduction with, you know, talk about, you know, my self-defense uh, background and military background. But I'll tell you, when the Aurora shooting happened at the Batman movie, you know, how many, what was that, three, four years ago, yeah. I made a commitment to people, and I put it on YouTube, that I was going to do something to help these people. And at that time, I was not an active shooter or an active threat expert. You know, I was self-defense, not keto. But since that shooting, I have been certified by Safari Land to teach their eight-hour course. 
I've been on a team of people for over three years, and we've taught between three and 4,000 or more people through that course. Um, you know, we taught seven eight-hour courses in one month one time. So we've been teaching a lot of people. And then I took all of that plus the research. If there's a book or a video or something out there on the topic, I've read it, I've watched it to form my own course. And so that's where I'm coming from. I'm not just a, an 82nd Airborne guy or, or Army guy saying, oh, I can do active shooter. I've put a lot into this. Well, and I think that's here's why I think that's really important. I'm glad you clarified that. Thank you. And and I think that's important because I think what we find these days is that like a shooting happens and and people just kind of come out of the woodwork as like active shooter experts, whether the media needs them for online or if it's just people that in their own minds simplify it as, look, if you've got a gun, like here's how you shoot your gun. Like there's so much more to it than that. And and people think that the framework is simply, you know, run, hide, you know, whatever it is, or, or shoot or fight back. In fact, I think I was, I was telling you that after the shootings in, in England happened, they put out this, this poster and the poster was literally, um, I'm going to remember here vividly. So it was run, hide, call. Now, they don't have concealed carry in England, you know, so they're really limited. So I guess calling is about as much as you can do without thinking of what you should do, like maybe even just pick up a fire extinguisher and smack them over the head with it, whatever you can do. But but there wasn't that concept of being able to fight back there. And so I think that there has been this this glut of so-called experts out there that really don't have any sort of training, any sort of education, any sort of and other than that they know how to shoot a gun really well and take a few other basic principles and put together an active shooter course, if you will. So I'm glad you clarified that. But I also know even though you've been like certified with Safari Land and a lot of times you have to kind of go along the guidelines of what somebody's certified program is, you're also one of those people that I know looks at things realistically, not just what you're taught, but takes your own research and takes a look at before and after and analysis of scenarios and things like that to find what really works and not just try to to shove it into a template that everybody says should work. That's exactly right. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the the run hide call poster because that was one of the three things, you know, that came to mind when you asked that question. You know, and I was thinking, you know, the, we have the linear run hide fight and then which is a little bit better than the run hide call yeah i think that's ridiculous to exclude the fight and i've even seen people on you know network television here in the united states saying run hide you should never fight you should never and i think that's just garbage um, because that's an option it's a valid option and sometimes it might be the only option but what i don't like about the linear teaching of that, and so many people are teaching that. You know, a, a law officer watches the run, hide, fight video, and then he goes and gives a 30-minute talk at the local library, and then people think they're trained when all he did is reiterate the run, hide, fight in a linear fashion. And what I mean by linear is they're saying, first you run, then if you can't run, you hide. Then only if you can't run or hide, you fight. And in certain situations, you don't have that time to go through that linear thought process. And that's why if you look at my posters, my website, you know, the stuff that I teach, I have everything in a triangle. 
and in the middle of that triangle is move. You have to do something. You have to move. Movement saves lives. But from that move, I have three arrows to your options. And instead of run, hide, fight, I, I hate the word hide. Hiding and hoping is not a plan for survival. I, I get rid of that. <laughs> so I use escape, deny, and attack back. Because it's not just running. Escaping might be going out the window. It might be punching your way through a wall if that's the only way out. You know, Lawrence Kane and I were talking about that on the phone just the other day, that you can make an exit someplace if you need to sometimes. So I want you to escape, deny, which means lock him out, get behind cover, so deny him access to shooting you, or attack back, take him out with whatever you have. Which one of those you choose is going to be determined by your proximity to the killer, to your environment, and to your own strengths and weaknesses. And so it might be the guy busts through the door. Your only option is to take him out right then and there with whatever you have available Um, rather than diving under a desk and quivering and hiding and hoping as he goes around shooting people under the desk. So I don't like the linear. I like the triangle that I teach. And when you look at my triangle, you'll notice that there's an arrow from each of those three to the other two on the perimeter of the triangle. Because just because you're escaping doesn't mean you might not turn a corner and boom, you have to attack back because you run right into a different pillar. Just because you barricaded the door doesn't mean you don't prepare to to attack back if the person breaches your barricade. Or you lock the door, you prepare to escape out the window in the back. So you're always trying to better your position and preparing to do something else if you have to. I think that's a better model than the linear do this, and if you can't, do this, and if you can't, do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big problem I see with some of the teaching. Um, another, you know, another myth and, and thing that I have a problem with is there's too many people that say you have to have a firearm. We have to arm all the teachers. We have to arm everybody. It's not a realistic or legal option at this point. And I hate hearing, like, you know, a couple weeks ago when the D.C. shooting happened, we had people on TV saying, if the law enforcement wouldn't have been there, we would have been helpless. Like, well, most of the time law enforcement aren't there. They'll get there, but there's going to be a period where you have to fend for yourself. And I sure hope you're not cowering and saying I'm helpless um, because you're not. You don't have to be a victim. I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment and our right to carry. Um, and if you are carrying, that's how you attack back, if that's the option you choose, because you cannot escape or deny. However, certain places we're not allowed to carry. I teach a lot of teachers in schools that they're not allowed to carry. I teach a lot of people in hospitals and medical centers where they're not allowed to carry. And to tell all of those people, well, you're helpless, there's nothing you can do because you don't have a gun, it, it's wrong. Because FBI statistics show that unarmed people have stopped some of these killers. You don't have to be a victim. So what you do is you arm yourself with whatever you can, whether that's a tactical pen or a number two pencil in a hammer fist. And when the guy gets through the barricaded door, you're standing there and you just start smashing them in the face as hard as you can. Or you grab a fire extinguisher. Guy has a knife. 
wielding a knife, you know, in the lobby wanting to stab people, you grab the fire extinguisher, you squirt him in the face, and then you smash him in the head with the canister. You know, you get something that will help you attack that. And a big part of it is the mindset. You know, this mindset that never fight back or just go call the police and wait for the police, we got to get over that. We have to have the mindset that we can do something, and we use whatever we can. And so I'm really big on the classes I teach of how to use a fire extinguisher and then how to use other improvised weapons, because as I said, a lot of the people that I'm teaching are not allowed to carry. And until laws are changed, I want to teach within those parameters to help those people that are confined by those laws. And even if they did change those laws, a lot of the people that I teach, you know, they became elementary school teachers because they didn't want to be soldiers and police officers and so forth. So a lot of these people, even if they were allowed to carry, probably wouldn't. They're just not the type of people to do that. So we got to give them other options. Yeah. So that's another sort of myth and thing that, you know, I don't believe. And I don't like when people say that's the only option because statistics show it's not. And I sure don't want all of these people that are not allowed to carry when they're working to think that they have to be hopeless victims. Yeah, and we see a lot of that focusing on the tool so much. And it's a it's a it's a common it's a common pet peeve of a lot of people in the industry that do train other people. And uh I think a really good example of why it's not simply necessary was the response to the Gabby Giffords attack that happened, which was another political shooting that happened in the state of Arizona. The person that stopped it was a concealed carry operator, um, but he didn't use his weapon. You know, he he tackled the uh, the person. He, he took him out with his body. He could have reached for his gun. He could have shot, but there was enough situational awareness there to know that it was faster not to use the weapon. There were other people around that could have potentially gotten hurt. And he wasn't just one of these guys like that people try to label as a gun nut who would just you know, yank out his, his smoke wagon and start sending rounds down range, whatever might happen. So uh, when you get away from the the only tool that you have is a gun and you start thinking outside of that, it becomes more practical as far as what your options might be and allows you to take a I think a better more situational analysis of the of the situation you've got to do it quickly and I know we're going to talk about like some of those ways because I know like one of the things is anytime there's any sort of this this no warning attack like it's there and it's happening and it's a shock like that whole OODA loop of being able to observe and then orient and be able to get to a fast decision and take action on it, like that needs to happen as fast as possible when somebody already has their plan and they're coming into the mall or wherever they are and starting to shoot everything up. They already know, they've already gone through that loop. They already know, they already oriented, they've already observed, they've already picked up their targets, they've already made their decision, they're already in action, they're way ahead of you. And how you respond needs to be needs to happen fast, but it also needs to be done the right way. And I know that's what we're going to be diving deep into for our July workshop for the New World Patriot Alliance. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting some specific, some more specific tactics down there for it. So, so listen, everybody, um, definitely make sure that you, if you're if you're in the NWPA, make sure that you go ahead and put that on your calendar. You'll find it 
in the uh, in the dashboard area there. If you're not and you want us to check it out, you can just go ahead and get started and just give us a trial run, be able to join us for the workshop, ask all your questions. Um, really, let's look at this from a whole different perspective and look at give yourself some practical tools that you can use at a moment's notice for this kind of no warning ambush type attack. And so until that time, make sure that you also go over and check out Alan's website. Uh, he's got a, a site specific for this type of training over at www.surviveashooting.com. His other website is www.surviveanddefend.com as well. It has more generalized training for, for other areas that, uh, that he works in as well. But go check those out, and I look forward to everyone being there for the active shooter workshop that we'll be holding in uh, this month in July. So until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying, prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.